As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Welcome to the Bears podcast, the NFL Scouting Combine edition coming to you from Indianapolis, the Indianapolis Convention Center, as all the teams and all the prospects convene here. Chris Bowden alongside our CSNChicago.com Bears insider John Moon Mullen, also J.J. Stankovich joining the Bears beat from uh, the Notre Dame beat as well. We'll also hear from Matt uh, Bowen a little bit later on from ESPN 670, the score and the uh, longtime NFL safety provides so much insight. So. Boys, Moon, let's uh, let's uh, start out with you in terms of uh, what you took away most from what we heard from Bears general manager Ryan Pace as he met the media here uh, on Wednesday morning. Well, you know, it shouldn't be any surprise, but I'm I'm always a little impressed when guys talk about. You you can clearly sense that they have spent time playing out scenarios. You know, around draft time, you think of it as mock drafts. They do 50 mock drafts. If, okay, if this, so they know every scenario. If this 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 happened, well. They have clearly done that with respect to the quarterback position. They've done it with respect to Alshon Jeffrey. Um, if this guy, if we don't get him back, I think they spent more time. They probably spent as more time, more time this year thinking about what's going to happen without him than they, you know, they're not expecting him back. But I, I do sense, and even from Ryan Pace, just the tone of voice. They feel like they're on top of the situation, whether it's free agency. Again, talk is cheap, and until you execute it, but. Um, for all of the disarray feeling that seemed to permeate last year, uh, even Pace mentioned this year, that, that, this morning, that yeah, the building's not down. It's not a down organization. Again, it's a qualitative observation. It doesn't mean much until the games start being played. But yeah, it just there's a solidness to this that's still there, which after the last two seasons might be surprising. And and JJ, as we, I think the operative word of the day here was from both Ryan Pace and John Fox was fluidity, especially when it comes to they're talking about the Alshon Jeffrey and Jay Cutler situations now. You know, uh, Moon and I, I think, are of the opinion that Jay's not going to be a member of the Bears, and and you know, they just don't want to kill themselves from uh, you know potential trade standpoint, or uh, he's got to get physically healthy too. But uh, I think the door is left a little bit more wide open in Alshon's case than it is for for Jay. If we're to read Ryan Pace's tea leaves right, yeah, I, I think that's fair. Where he will get to test the open market, but the Bears will get an opportunity to make an offer at him. Um, Something I thought was interesting with what Ryan Pace had to say today, that kind of touching on what Moon talked about with the buildings not burned down, is that Pace did make a mention of a strength that the Bears have in the interior of their offensive line. And, you know, we all know Josh Sitton, Cody Whitehair, Kyle Long as your guards in your center. That's a pretty good starting point, along with Jordan Howard at running back. And this kind of ties into what they could do at quarterback and wide receiver, but that's a really good starting point for a team to take a solid interior offensive line, a running back who rushed for over 1,300 yards last year, and say we need to fill in potentially a quarterback, depending on what they do there. They have the decision to make there. And a wide receiver, whether or not you bring back Jeffrey or you don't, mm-hmm. 
you still have this pretty good base in there that allows you to go out and build around it in a manner that, you know, Ryan Pace dropped the Dallas Cowboys example. I don't know how accurate that is, how fair that is to, say, a team that went 13-3 and last year is <laughs> along the same lines, but it is interesting that, you know, you do point to a strength. After going 3-13, and you're able to say, hey, this is an area that we have, whether or not Alshon Jeffrey comes back, whether or not Jay Cutler comes back in that, mm-hmm. those regards. And those are still two pretty important positions they still have to figure out in quarterback and wide receiver. But as J.J. said, it's not just, again, it's, it sounds like we're fluff talking here, but it's not just one guy or this guy. Oh, we got a good cornerback or we've got a, a good fullback or something. No, it's a position area. And it's, it's a, there's three guys of that interior of the line. And as J.J. mentioned, you see what the Cowboys could do. And now, did the Bears get there, Ezekiel Elliott? Well, actually, they think they did with Jordan Howard. So all of a sudden, you're saying, well, and, they, and their foundation, they want to be a running team. I don't think they really adhered to that as well as they should have last year. But I think that's a really interesting a key point that they don't view themselves as the train wreck that so many people do. And so, well, we don't have to tear it all up. We got these three guys. We, our tackles aren't terrible. And we get the quarterback. And, and we heard uh, John Fox talking about all the good things about Brian Hoyer. You know, you sense if they get Hoyer back and he just doesn't turn the ball over and give it to Jordan Howard and Kevin White. I mean, again, a lot of things have to yeah, go well. Yeah. But it's, again, you know, I go back to they don't see themselves as a the train wreck, which becomes significant if you think they're not up there madly pulling levers. Like, we're so bad, we got to do anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no chaos. There's not chaos here. Nevertheless, there are still playmakers that needed to be acquired, okay. whether it's whether it's through draft, through free agency, through re-signing guys. And one thing, J.J., I thought interesting, from what uh, Ryan Pace said is that you know he's not uh, even though that quarterback position still sticks out like a sore thumb and it has to be addressed in the future you know the the groundwork has to be laid even at number three uh, if there's not a quarterback worthy of that grade he's not going to jump up and reach for someone just to just to fill that need when there are still so many other needs and quality players available in this draft to fill those yeah, needs, too. I mean, too. Number, number three could be a franchise-changing player when mm-hmm. you're picking that high in a draft. To say you're going to just pick on need there can usually lead to a reach. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, if the Bears believe Deshaun Kaiser or Mitch Trubisky or Deshaun Watson is the third best player in the draft or the top player on their board when they're picking, then you would expect them to pick them. But if they have... Jonathan Allen or Solomon Thomas or, you know, a, a really good defensive lineman at that spot, maybe even a Jamal Adams safety from LSU, they're, they're going to go with that because you can't pick on need when you're picking at number three. And I think that's what Ryan Pace was getting at, is that you don't want to reach at number three because it is such an important pick where if you get Jonathan Allen and he turns out to be a regular pro bowler, a regular mm-hmm. all-pro who's a menace on the defensive line, then you can still go out and find that quarterback, but that guy, Jonathan Allen, is probably a lot harder to find. Yeah, and and it's still three and thirteen, no matter, no matter yeah, which yeah. way you look at it. Too. I wanted to get now that you're joining the beat, uh, JJ. You watched Deshaun Kaiser on the Notre Dame beat for a couple of years. Uh, I want to get your impressions on on uh, what his what you think his potential can be at this level. Physically, he's probably the most impressive mm-hmm. of what we're going to see at this weekend. It's really incredible the difference in his film from 2015 to 2016. His film in 2015 was decisive. He made he you know would go through his progressions. He would find his reads. He would check pretty well out of some stuff. 
and then you go to 2016 and it it I don't want to say it was a disaster because he still put up good numbers but Notre Dame went four and eight and John Fox brought up the point today of you want your quarterback to raise all boats mm -hmm. essentially and if you look at the quarterbacks in the draft this year, only one guy did that, and that was Deshaun. This screams Watson. one guy, doesn't it? Screams yeah. one guy. Yeah. That, that's that's all who it is. And yeah, Deshaun Kaiser had to deal with a lot of really inexperienced wide receivers. Their almost their entire receiver core was freshmen and sophomores last year, because Torrey Hunter Jr. his most reliable mm. target was out for a good chunk of the year. The offensive line wasn't as good. You didn't have Ronnie Stanley. You basically didn't have these two get-out-of-jail-free cards in Will Fuller and C.J. Froseis, who both did some pretty good things in their rookie years in the NFL. So there was this kind of talent vacuum on the offense. But, that I mean, Deshaun Watson had to deal with that a little bit. They lost Mike Williams in 2015, a guy who could be a first-round pick, and they still went to the championship game and still put up a ton of touchdowns against Alabama in that. I think that's a point... If we're looking at what the Bears are thinking, that Fox line really stood out on me. If they're looking at quarterbacks, you look at the quarterback that can rise all boats, and Deshaun Watson would seem to be that guy. Well, and I think it becomes interesting when you start, you know, you're saying, J.J., about you, you don't want to reach. And yet, how do you grade the intangibles? Mm -hmm. You know, I can height, weight, arm strength, mobility, how he runs the cone drill. So-and-so lights it up. This guy isn't quite as good there. His accuracy isn't quite as good. But as somebody said with Deshaun Watson, his guy walks in and changes the building. Mm -hmm. And that's more what you need. So how do you weight it? Because you're going you're gonna to be, okay, I'm sitting here at three. Well, Watson's a mid, you know, maybe he's a 15th, 16th guy on our board. But you have to almost weight it by position. Right. I mean, if you have two or three guys graded similar, you know, the same, then you can pick the guy. Then you can go by position. But if, if, how do you factor in the yeah. intangible? Because Fox even mentioned that. That's going to be part of your grade. It should be a huge part of the grade. Well, and I think it wouldn't be a reach if you do view Watson as the guy who raises everyone in, that, in mm -hmm. Alice Hall. It's not a reach if he's maybe talent-wise 15th on your board. But in terms of that, he's at the top of your board. I think you do mm -hmm. have to weight that because if huge. you are looking for the franchise-changing player, a guy who raises all boats at number three is a franchise-changing player. And... Um, Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was going to talk about uh, this draft is is strong at other positions where the Bears do have needs. However, secondary cornerback is deep. Safety is deep. Uh, the tight end position is deep if you want to look to build behind Zach Miller. Now, when we uh, talk about uh, free agency that starts you know, a week from Thursday, uh, Ryan Pace has had a knack for staying patient when he's had to be. That's one thing he talked about is you know even though you're going to have you know, your, the bear salary cap is going to be $175 million after the carryovers from last year. It doesn't mean you go out and spend everything on the first day. And he talks about the, the, the danger of uh, regretting overpaying for someone, yeah. but not uh, necessarily losing someone you can replace. And he's had that discipline so far. And it was funny, Moon, because it was almost like, you know, this press conference with Ryan Pace was less about the draft players and more about his own roster yeah. and free agency that's coming up. No, I think that was great. The way he phrased it, and, and you got, we were talking about this, the, the, the Pace comment, you can always recover from a guy you didn't sign. It's harder to recover from the wrong guy mm -hmm. you signed, both financially, and we've seen that with the Bears franchise, you know, where they've gotten themselves overcommitted to a guy who really wasn't the answer. And you could argue Jay Cutler was one of those guys, um, as opposed to missing. So he's content to keep his powder dry and not just overspend for this guy because we got to have that position. 
but I, I think what he will factor in, and he alluded to this, uh, this is, I heard it from Mike Mayock this week in the conference call, that this is a up to your elbows deep draft in cornerbacks. Well, then you can afford not to grab that guy at number three. You can you can really wait till the second round, get a starter. I mean, it calls to mind Charles Tillman. So you know that can happen. And I think the same can be said for safeties. You know, obviously mm-hmm. the other half of the secondary yeah. that they, they never need in. As I was doing some research on the safeties in this draft, I kept coming across guys who had grades that were in the second, third, fourth round. They're, it's just loaded with them. And yeah, your, your Jamal Adams, your Malik Hooker, those guys are going to be probably top 10 to 15 picks, maybe not at number three for the Bears, but the guys behind them mm-hmm. are going to be guys who certainly you could land in the second round, in the third round, and then you're right, you don't have to go out and you don't have to spend that money that you might ultimately regret on that type of a player. I guess the other bit of news that, that came out of the combine on, on Wednesday with Ryan Pace was the fact that we all thought that Kyle Long was going to need two surgeries. Mm-hmm. He had that one late last year on the ankle from which he's continuing to recover. He shared some pictures with us on Twitter along the, <laughs> along the yeah. way, too. Kyle does a lot of things on Twitter. Uh, but yeah. now the fact that uh, that torn labrum, uh, after speaking with several physicians, is not going to require surgery. It's going to be more of a maintenance thing and, and try and build it back up. Um, still no uncertainty he's going to be ready for training camp, but at least uh, there's one less concern. And if you're believing what all these doctors are telling you, it's one one less thing that Kyle should have to, uh, you know, have to recover from. Yeah, and I think you, you saw the, um, there's two situations. One is you'd really rather avoid the surgery if it'll, if it will heal on its own. And he, and he played with a torn labrum too. Exactly. That, that's where I was going. This is a guy who knows how to manage pain. I mean, obviously you've played in the NFL, you do, but if you don't need the surgery, because that has its own, once you, now you start a whole different clock. So you know he won't be ready until whatever mm-hmm. third preseason game, whatever, you know, whatever the number happens to be. But the, you know, you saw it with uh, Kevin White. If if they had known he had a stress fracture, they would have operated, we'll say, in July, and the kid would have been ready by October first. Mm-hmm. You know, you hope things are going to heal. In this case, you hope Kyle Long, the decision not to use surgery means it's going to be 100% or you know it's close to 100 as it can be without having to go through the rehab after surgery. Yeah. Any uh, anyone in particular here this week that you're most looking forward to watching JJ as you obviously the quarterbacks being being the the primary group that I think every member of the Chicago media is going to be focusing on. Yeah, I I mean me personally having covered Deshaun Kaiser for the last 2 years, mm-hmm. I I'm interested to see what he does in the combine given that there was, you know, quite a bit of chatter that he maybe should have considered going back to Notre Dame and as it turned out, his position coach left, which is also his offensive coordinator. A lot of things in flux at Notre Dame right now. Uh, but I'm just curious to see how he kind of grades out. The intangibles for him are interesting, where we, you know, we laud Watson's intangibles, and Kaiser maybe didn't raise the boats at Notre Dame. But the thing that always impressed me was his uh, freshman year when he started, his redshirt freshman year from Malik Zaire. He rarely made the same mistake twice, week mm-hmm. to week. Mm-hmm. And that showed me that he had a good mind for football, a good mind to be taught football, where he would throw in a red zone interception one week, the next week he'd throw the exact same route just in the right spot, and he would, he would sort of learn as he went, and I think that's a good thing for a team to key on, is that, you know, very few rookie quarterbacks are Dak Prescott, who come out and have this amazing year. Marcus Mariota had bumps, Jameis Winston mm-hmm. had bumps, a lot of these guys are going to have 
these hiccups in their first year, and it's how they build off of that. And I do think Kaiser could be a guy who does build off of the mistakes he makes in his first year. He's not going to be perfect his first year. He probably won't lead you to the playoffs his first year, but as he grows, I do think he's a guy who has pretty good coachability, which is a word I don't like, but I'm going to say it anyway, mm. that he can take <laughs> the, the coaching well. Okay. We won't find you this time, but just don't, don't use it again. <laughs> I'll pay Moon a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. More money for Moon. Uh, guys, thanks very much. We're going to let uh, the teacher's going to let you guys uh, go back out to recess. And uh, we appreciate you joining us here today as uh, we get the NFL scouting combine underway in Indianapolis. When we come back after a quick timeout, we're going to hear from former NFL safety Matt Bowen. You hear him uh, right here. You see his stuff on ESPN. Hear him on 670 The Score. Some great insights into the quarterbacks and the defensive backs his area of expertise both in free agency and with the rookie class coming in. You're listening to the Bears Talk podcast. We encourage you to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Audio Boom, and Stitcher, or you can find all our podcasts from CSN by logging on to csnchicago.com slash podcast. We'll be back right after this. CSN Sports Talk Live podcast brings you the freshest takes and boldest insights on the hottest topics of the day. David Kaplan leads the conversation with a rotating panel of writers, reporters, and personalities. Don't miss a single episode. Subscribe at csnchicago.com slash podcasts today. Pleased now to be joined at the NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis by ESPN and 670 The Scores, Matt Bowen, the former NFL safety local boy and primary coach of IC, the state champions, coaching those DBs. First of all, congratulations on that. Oh, thank you. Will you be doing a little bit more of that this year? Um, I'll be back at IC. Yeah. Uh, great program. Our head coach, Bill Kreft, is excellent. We have an outstanding coaching staff, but it's really the kids to go out there and be able to teach technique, see them develop. Super rewarding. And there is nothing better than Friday nights now. Friday nights is the best. Don't give me it's about the kids. It's about the paycheck in high school, oh, right? Yeah, that's that's right. what it's about. No, it's about teaching. That's, that's the best part about it is it's teaching. It's no different than being in an English classroom, mm-hmm. just out in the field. Yep. And, uh, you know, all the guys that do the teaching around the NFL are here today, and you have a keen eye for talent. First of all, I want to ask you about the news that broke on Wednesday morning. Adam Schefter's report that the New England Patriots are decided to keep Jimmy Garoppolo. He's not going to be on the market. I would imagine if that phone rings, they're not going to not pick it up right, to at least right. listen. But uh, did you think that was ever anything realistically locally here for the Bears? And if so, you know what would it have cost them? And how much of a believer are you in Jimmy Garoppolo? I'm a believer. You now I watch the film. Now I understand that it's a limited sample size because you're talking really a game and a half this season where you're really focusing on being the number one. But in terms of running that offense, his quick release and mechanics, his vision. He doesn't have elite arm strength. You don't need elite arm strength if you use your eyes and your footwork to create throwing windows. I thought the tape was very good. Obviously, in his first start against a good Arizona defense, he played great football. And the first half against Miami, he threw three touchdowns. Um, I think he's a good leader. I, I think he would fit in Chicago. I think it was a real possibility. That doesn't mean, like you said, that New England's not going to answer the phone. You're going to call him and give him a great offer. They're gonna, probably going to listen to you. But I also understand why they want to keep him. Tom Brady's almost 40 years old you have the next quarterback in line right there. It'd be hard to let him walk. And also, the what are you going to get in return? Yeah. You know, what are the Bears willing to give up if they were going to make a move? Do you want to give up your number three overall? Probably not. Yeah. So maybe you're talking a two and a four. They have two fourth-round picks. Maybe it's a two and a four. Would New England bite on that? I don't know. But that just now turns your attention more to free agency or really the NFL drafts, mm-hmm. where the Bears will be in a position. doesn't mean they're going to be at number three, but maybe in the second round you start looking at that quarterback position, someone young you can develop. 
and that's the key. So who can you develop in your system and teach? Well, this is the first time we're going to see what are largely believed as the three top prospects quarterback-wise. Mm -hmm. They weren't down at the Senior Bowl in Mobile, but uh, as you have watched and get to evaluate a little bit more here this weekend, the Watsons and the Kaisers and the Trubiskys, what are your thoughts on them and where should they be slotted at least now coming uh, into this? All different skill sets. Yeah. Uh, in on all different stories. You know, Trubisky's a one-year starter. Geyser's a younger player. Watson is uh, later on the football field who comes with the national championship. I'll tell you what, when I watch Deshaun Watson, that Clemson game, I'm sitting there watching the game at home saying, that's someone I want to coach. Against that defense, too. Yeah, get knocked down like he did. Physically hit like he did and keep coming up and keep fighting back. Because they were down in that game to... One of the best college defenses we've seen in the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. And he kept battling. His team responded to him. He made big plays in the second half, and he did it while being put in the ground consistently. That's a leader. Okay, now does that translate to the NFL? Leadership skills it does. Mm -hmm. but in terms of skill set and development, yeah, he's going to need some work, just like Trubisky, just like Kaiser's. They're going to make mistakes. You want rookies to make mistakes. Fans don't want to hear this. I understand that. But you want rookies to make mistakes. That's the only way they can improve. Mm -hmm. But I would love to coach Watson. I think he would be creative with Watson. And they can mold some of that Clemson spread offense into your own package, mess that with your pro-style concepts, and start to learn and start to grow together as a franchise with that quarterback. It doesn't mean I'm down on Trubisky or Kaiser. I'm not. They have tremendous skill sets. They're going to be first-round picks. This depends what the Bears want moving forward in terms of their developmental plan and when they're going to play them. Mm -hmm. In order to get Watson, though, number three would be too rich, and they probably have to do some maneuvering either to get back into the first round or move down if he's a guy that they really want in terms of where he slots. I agree. I mean, if you're going number three, but here's the other thing. Do you really, if you love the kid, does it matter? Does it matter? I mean, if you're worried about fan reaction, I understand that people are going to see, you know, and, and draft crazy. Someone, he's, he's drafted too high. But if he develops in a player you want, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. But I understand what you're saying. Maybe you move back. Maybe you slide back. Maybe you get him at 12, 13, 14, wherever, somewhere in that mid-first round range. I don't know that. Or maybe you go to the second round. Maybe you go with a guy like Pat Mahomes at a Texas Tech, who's a tremendous athlete, tremendous arm strength. He's going to need to be developed in a pro system as well, coming from that Texas Tech system. But again, it all depends on what you want and what your future plan is at the position in terms of how you can develop and build around him. And Ryan Pace would have to have like alternatives if he's, say, in love with Watson and he moves down or there's some maneuvering he's not there. Right. He's got to have a backup guy if, if he misses out on him. As a former NFL defensive back, you know what the Bears' situation is in the secondary. First, I want to ask you about the strength at quarterback and safety in this building here this weekend before we get to what we have in free agency, too. Well, I think it's very strong. I mean, just look at the top two safeties, whether it's Jamal Adams out of LSU or Malik Hooker from Ohio State. Again, different skill sets. With Hooker, you can get more middle of the field player. He's got a lot of flash plays on film, tremendous range, tremendous ball skills. With Adams, I think a more versatile player, someone could play more in the box and roll the middle of the field, and tremendous physicality. If I'm the Bears right now, and I'm looking at safeties, I'm looking at guys that show up physically first. I want to create a culture in the secondary in Chicago that is physical, that is nasty, that's intimidating. The wide receivers don't want to catch the football. Mm -hmm. The running backs know if they come through the C-gap, my safety's going to be there to put a helmet on. That's the type of football you want to play, especially in that division. So where do you find those guys? That, that's the key. But those two at the top of the draft, again, would it be too high for Adams at three? I don't think so. I don't. I don't. Now I know a guy like Jonathan Allen, defensive end, defensive tackle mm -hmm. from Alabama could be there now. I can understand if you don't want to pass on him. Anyone wearing an Alabama helmet, I can understand if you don't want to pass on him. Okay, but Adams is a great player there. It's a cornerback position. It's really deep. 
It's really deep. A guy like we saw down at the Senior Bowl, Tredavious White at LSU, mm -hmm. he's a guy that might be there at the top of the second round. Great value there. You're looking for guys with length that are physical, that can play press, play in Vic's system. And also, I think the key right now for the Bears is finding someone who can generate ball production. You have to find a way to create turnovers if you're going to beat Rodgers and Stafford. you got to play them four times every year. You have to find a way to create turnovers. And finally, at those defensive back positions, from what you see on the free agent market, how would you evaluate things? Are there guys out there that you see Ryan Pace particularly targeting once well, free agency starts next Thursday? I think Tony Jefferson, the safety out of Arizona, is a player you have to look at. Now, the, the price tag that's going to be talked about, obviously. But the Bears do have a lot of cap room. They can be in a spending mode if they want to be. Uh, he comes in, he's your day one starter. At the cornerback position, A.J. Boy is going to be out there from Houston, only 25 years old. Okay, can you bring him in and, and after one year of great success and say he's your number one, that's going to be a high price tag. They start going down the line, you look at players that are veterans that have experience and also that come from winning cultures. That's what you want. You want them to come into your locker room and bring that with them. That's why I bring up Logan Ryan from the New England mm -hmm. Patriots. You know, Logan Ryan was the number two opposite Malcolm Butler, but the way the Patriots played their coverage, a lot of times they put Butler on the number two receiver. They put Ryan on the number one, slice him safety help over the top. He's very physical. He's long. He's aggressive. He played in that New England system. He's well coached, a lot of technique. And that's a guy that's not going to cost you the price tag of a day one free agent, mm -hmm. but can help your football team. Because I think right now the Bears need to look at adding corners, adding safeties, and starting to rebuild that secondary and develop that culture they want. And we know that from the past that Ryan Pace does a certain degree of patience in free agency. Mm -hmm. He's not out there throwing money out on the first day. And we'll see if he's able to do that and get the guys that he needs in this period of free agency. Matt Bone, ESPN, 670 The Score, and Glenn Bard West, the pride of Glenn Bard West. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Thank you. It's sports, it's social, it's viral. It's Luke Stuckmeyer and Layla Rahimi, and it's the Next Generation Sports Show. In the Loop, every night at 6.30, 10, and 10.30 on CSN Chicago. And as soon as the show ends, turn to Facebook Live for the after show. Our thanks to John Moon Mullen, J.J. Stankovitz, and Matt Bowen. You've been listening to the Bears Talk podcast. Again, subscribe on iTunes, Audio Boom, uh, Audio Boom Google Play, and Stitcher, or you can find all our podcasts for every team by logging on to csnchicago.com slash podcast. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll talk to you soon.